Don't worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Verses 41 to 52, Luke chapter 2. Then looking briefly in the Gospel of John, John chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were, now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Verses 1 through 11, John chapter 2. Father, we thank you once again for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. Thank you for the power, the grace, the mercy, the strength, the encouragement that rests upon your word. Thank you for the anointing that permeates your word as well. And thank you for the blessing that is ours as we make time to spend time with you one-on-one reading and meditating on your word. Thank you for the privilege of being able to come to you in prayer every day. In fact, thank you for the opportunity to live a lifestyle of praying without ceasing. More and more, Father, teach us how to do that. Empower us by your spirit to live a lifestyle more and more doing just that, praying without ceasing. We thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. 
Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to share a word of prayer with us at this time. Father, we come today to bless you, to lift high your holy name. Father, we thank you for your love for us, that unconditional love that you show us day by day. We're thankful for the mercies that we wake up to every morning, and we recognize it's because of the price paid on Calvary for us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family here on the Hour of Intercession on American Family Radio. We're blessed and honored to have with, have with us once again uh, Betty Love. She's the president of Love Ministries. Betty, how are you today? Doing wonderful. So glad to be here with you and all that are joining us today. All right. Well, we're grateful to have you back again. And uh, we had the privilege of having you with us uh, some time ago, and we're grateful to have you back again. But if you would, Betty, would you take a few moments to uh, introduce yourself? Some listeners may have caught the broadcast before, but may others may not have. But to further introduce yourself to our listeners and share about the ministry, Love Ministries as well. Thank you, um, Pastor Joseph. Well, I have been a believer. I came to the Lord when I was about 10 years old and just had the Lord really intervene in my life and our family in my early 20s. And I've been serving the Lord and ministering. I grew up Baptist, but I have been serving the Lord and ministering in denominational churches since my mid-20s, which would be in the 80s, and began traveling in the state of Mississippi and in our nation, uh, speaking in women's conferences, uh, ministering in churches, and because of the foundational um, teaching and grounding, um, it's been an opportunity that the Lord has opened the door in many uh, different denominational churches to come in and train in your gift mix and uh, to equip members in the body of Christ. And so it's just been, it's been a wonderful journey. Love Ministries is a traveling ministry. Um, Our mission is to take the heart of the Father, which is the salvation ministry of Jesus Christ, the nations bringing healing and so as we minister it's very much a word of encouragement and exhortation and to minister into the birthrights and the destinies of individuals and to help equip the body of Christ for works of service that Mm -hmm. they would know their identity and their purpose and um, it's just been a wonderful journey as I said um, Probably been serving the Lord in ministry now almost 36 years. So, mm-hmm. um, love the Lord with all of our heart, and we love the body of Christ. All right. Well, again, we're grateful to have you with us today. And in uh, your uh, home community is uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Is that correct? Right. Our our we actually live in Laurel, Mississippi. Okay. And then our our ministry, our church is in Hattiesburg, and we are regional uh, work. We, we have many uh, within our, our congregation that are ministers themselves, and 
Um, so we're our our home is about thirty forty minutes away from our church mm-hmm. in South Mississippi. Okay, and so if someone wants to come visit uh, the church that you and your husband lead, uh, what is the name of it, and how could they get there? It's Miracle City Global, and we are at the east gate of Hattiesburg in Forest County, uh, and the address is 416 East Pine Street, and that's Hattiesburg. All right. Well, again, we are grateful to have you with us today, and uh, as we begin, Betty, I want to ask if you'll pray for our listeners to have ears to hear and to receive all the Lord would have to share with them through the broadcast today, would you? Yes. Thank you. Father, we thank you that you have created us to hear your voice. You have chosen us to know your will, to uh, to see the righteous one, to hear your voice, and be a witness of what we've seen and heard. We thank you for the promise of your word, your scripture in Proverbs that says, ears that hear and eyes that see. Lord, you have made them both. And Jesus, again, in the scripture, you said in John 10, all my sheep hear my voice and follow me, that we will not hearken unto the voice of a stranger. So, Father, as we are joined here today in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have presence yourself with us, for where two or more are gathered in your name, you are here. We pray that the listeners would have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking and communicating through this broadcast, that you would open up the eyes of our understanding, and that you would pour out your spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge of you, that the very eyes of our hearts would be enlightened in order to know the hope of the calling, the glorious riches of your inheritance that you have within us and your incomparably great power towards us that believe. So we consecrate and commit ourselves unto you in this time and help us, Lord, to articulate your word and communicate what you are speaking in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Betty. And again, we appreciate you being with us today. And, you know, Betty, in part, part of what we're wanting to look at during the broadcast today or to share is to really encourage mothers to become prayer warriors. And I think of this, and I'm going to ask if you just share your thoughts about this. You know, the two passages that we read earlier, are both of them are just wonderful stories of Jesus interacting with his mother. And there's some powerful lessons in both of those passages. But of course, in the first passage, Uh, specifically in Luke chapter 2. Jesus is only 12 years old, but his statement when his parents ask ask him about his actions, his his response, of course, is that he had to be about his father's business. And, you know, one of the wonderful truths that we can draw from that is that a lesson not only to mothers but to every believer is that a huge part of the business, uh, our father's business, is the business of prayer being people committed to living a life and a lifestyle of prayer. And then, of course, in John chapter 2, something that is so neat about the story is uh, somebody is wise enough, probably the the groom, but someone was wise enough to invite Jesus to the wedding. And so, but, and it mentions Jesus' mother came as well. 
Well, and of course, what's something very powerful about that, too, is that when a problem comes up, it never says that Jesus' mother was in charge of the wedding. But she knew this. Her son, Jesus, fixes problems. And when she saw the problem, she quickly went to him. And of course, God used Jesus to answer that problem. So again, just a few of many powerful uh, draw insights and lessons that can be drawn from both passages. But again, uniquely looking at the fact that this is Jesus interacting with his mother, Mary. So it's powerful in so many ways. But uh, we're, we're coming up on a break in a few moments. But I'm going to ask if you'll begin to share some of the thoughts to come to you about the ministry of mothers as you think of the message behind these two passages. Well, I definitely, especially uh, in relationship to Jesus and his mother, you know, the, the Word tells us as mothers to train our children up according to their bends or um, according in keeping with their individual gifts. You know, Mary heard the words that were spoken over Jesus from the time she received him. Um, I believe that she definitely knew his birthright and his destiny and what he had come to do. And as a result, in that situation, she definitely knew that miracles and working miracles were definitely a part of his gift and in his future and his destiny. And when she spoke to him and, you know, she said, uh, they have no wine, and his response to her was, woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. But Mary, as his mother, knowing his gift, knowing his ability, she basically reached into his destiny and took hold of it and pulled it into the now. Mm. And he ignored what he said and just told those in service, just do what he says. I'm going to jump in right here, Betty, and we'll pick up right there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Betty Love, the president of Love Ministries. We'll be right back. Oh, 
Walt, when you walk into the room. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Betty Love. She's the president of Love Ministries. And uh, Betty, if you'll pick up right there where you left off, you were sharing about Jesus interacting with his mother in the passage we shared. Yes. Um, Jesus at the wedding at, at Cana, you know, his mother definitely knew his destiny. She had heard the words and that had been spoken over his life. You know, at the point of conception from the very beginning, knew, I believe with all of my heart, she knew that he was destined uh, to work miracles and signs and wonders. And so when they had no wine, they had run out, of course, she turned to him and she said, uh, they have no wine. His response was, woman, why do you involve me? And she just, he and he said, my time has not yet come. The influence of the mother in the child's life, and especially a praying mother, a mother that has sought the Lord for the child, knows his birthright, knows his destiny. She just ignored what Jesus said, and she reached into his destiny mm. and she pulled it into the now. And as a result, uh, she turned to the servants and said, do whatever he tells you to do. She put a demand on the gifts that were stored within Jesus. And of mm. course, we know he gave the instruction and the water pots were filled and uh, he changed the water to wine. And I think something significant about both passages is Jesus's obedience mm-hmm. and that he honored his mother. And he also honored his father. At the age of 12, he knew that he had to be in his father's house. Obviously, he had come into a place of maturity. And I believe at that point, he began to know who he was. Um, I don't know how much before that, but because he knew that God was his father and that he needed to be in his father's house, but at the same time, when his mother interacted with him, it says that he went home and he obeyed them. Mm-hmm. So I think we see Jesus, the Messiah, Savior, King of Kings, Lord and Lord of Lords, being trained up as a child. But yet at the same time, honoring his mother and obeying her uh, and following her instruction. And I said, I, that just, again, influences power. And I believe that mothers carry, carry one of the greatest 
ability to impact and influence the lives of their children mm. um, like no other. Well, you know, before we move any further, I want to ask if you'll specifically pray, especially for the prayer lives of mothers, both who may, mothers that may be listening, but mothers in the body of Christ. Because, you know, on a number of occasions, the scripture would say something along this line about Mary, that she pondered these things and kept them in her heart. And, you know, I think that's one of those things that you, you as a mom, and of course, mothers understand other mothers in a way that probably nobody else quite does. Would you pray for the mothers listening and mothers in the body of Christ as well, and specifically for their prayer lives? Father, we thank you for mothers. Father, not just mothers that have uh, biological mothers. We thank you for adoptive mothers. We thank you for spiritual mothers. We thank you for mothers that have children in their home now or have grandchildren that they are impacting. And, Father, we ask that you awaken the prayer life of these mothers. We ask that you open the under, the eyes of their understanding. And, Lord, that you would begin to reveal to them the purpose and the destiny of their children. Open their eyes in order that they may see the gift and the unique talent that you have put within their children. And Lord, empower them in their prayers so that they can pray prayers that will bring change and help their children grow and come into their birthrights and their destiny. Father, I thank you that they are gatekeepers in their home. I thank you that you cause these mothers to be wise as serpents and as innocent as doves, that you do what you promised in your word, that you give them words and wisdom that their adversary will not be able to resist or contradict. Father, that you would contend with those that contend with them and that you would cause your peace that passes all understanding to guard their hearts and minds. And Lord, that there would be great peace for their children, and that your peace would rule and reign within their hearts and the walls of their home. Lord, you said that when we don't know how to pray, that your Holy Spirit would help us. And I thank you, Lord, that we have a helper on board. And Lord, I thank you again for the increase of the prayer lives of these mothers. Father, your word is powerful. Open their eyes to the scriptures and words that will encourage and strengthen them. Give them those scriptures to pray and release over their children. And Father, we give you all the glory and the honor. We thank you that you have called us to pray. And we thank you for the power of the prayers of our mothers who are impacting not only their children, but future generations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Betty, for taking the time to pray. 
And uh, Betty, I wanted to ask you, you've shared in the past some powerful insights God has taught you about your relationship with your daughter and how you've seen God work in her life. Would you share with our listeners some about your journey in uh, in in this regard? Absolutely. Well, um, our daughter's name is Anna, and uh, she turned 30 this year. Um, and we had prayed for quite a while uh, for her. It had been a 10-year wait, and you know, there's this scripture that says the, the 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 child. There was an encounter with with um, Zachariah and Elizabeth. You know, Elizabeth was barren, and when Zachariah was on duty in the temple, uh, and he had the encounter with the angel, and he, you know, John the Baptist uh, was revealed that they were going to have a child, and it was the the, the prayer was the word was. The, the child that you don't pray for anymore, God has remembered. And and really, it was like that with Anna. We It's not that we uh, didn't want another child. It's like that ship had sailed, and we had just released it to the Lord. And then the day that I came, I, I discovered that I was pregnant, and actually the Lord spoke that to my heart. I had no idea. And... Um, he spoke to my heart. It, it was a a real God encounter that um, it would be a little girl, and we were to name her Anna. Now I was just immediately went and you know went to the doctor, found out I was just a few weeks pregnant. But the word rang true, and the Lord during the time of the pregnancy, as I began to pray, the Lord began to reveal gifts in Anna's life. And how he would use her. And as a mother, I began to pray into that and agree with the Lord. And um, he identified that she would be even as Anna in the temple in regard to her prayer life. And, and, And all of those things came about. But when she was born, at that point, I was traveling full time in ministry. And I have always been an early riser to pray and spend time with the Lord and in the Word and in prayer. And it did not matter what time I went, I put Anna to bed at night. The moment that my feet touched the floor in the morning, she was awake and crying. And I'll just be honest, she was such a gift and such a delight, but this went on for a few weeks and I could really feel her encroaching in my prayer time. And it just began to grieve my heart. And I'm like, Lord, what am I going to do here? And he said, bring her into the tent of meeting with you. And so what happened from the time that Anna came home and was just a few days old, a few weeks old, I, every morning, and again, I didn't go in and wake her up. It's just that when I woke, she woke up. And so I would get her from her room, and I would bring her in to my place of meeting with the Lord. And so, first 15, 20 minutes, I would hold her, feed her, talk to her, pray over her 
and then mm-hmm. I would sit her beside me. Mm-hmm. And this went on for four years. And she would hear my prayer declarations. I believe in the power and authority of the word. And one of the greatest prayers you can pray is to decree the word of God. And so mm-hmm. she would hear me put on my armor. She would be in the worship time. She was she was there from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I believe as a mother, as as a believer, if you really want to grow, I would encourage you to have a journal or a notebook and every morning write the date of the day, whatever passage of scripture you read. If you read uh, the first chapter of John, write that down, the, the notation. And if as you are reading the passage of the scripture, just jumps out and speaks at you, write that scripture out. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will begin to write that on your heart. Well, Anna witnessed all of this. And at four years old, she asked me, she said, Mommy, I want my time with the Lord. She's very articulate. I want my own prayer journal and I want my time. And so she did that. She began to develop her time. I still have prayer journals where she wrote her prayers in the book. Mm-hmm. And um, as a result, and as, you know, it wasn't that I set out to model, but that's exactly what mothers do. They're going to set the course and the, and the pace of your home. Mm-hmm. And if your children know that you have a habit of prayer, that's going to influence them. It influenced Anna to the degree that the Lord still gets the first fruits of her day. Mm-hmm. She is in the Word. She has had prayer journals her entire life, and she has walked with the Lord, and she is serving Him now. She is actually um, for Mississippi tomorrow at the Coliseum. She'll be leading worship for the National Day of Prayer, and then she'll come again and uh, lead worship here in Forest County. And she is a preacher, teacher, and um, but it started at the very beginning. And again, I did not set out, but I'm like, Lord, how do I do this? And I would say to mothers, bring your children into your worship time. Bring them into your prayer time. Um, it will, it, we're it coming will up on a break once again, off. Betty, and we're going to pick up right there on the other side. Okay. Our phone guest today is Betty Love, the president of Love Ministries. We'll be right back.
from Highlands Worship with Wonderful Things. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest today is Betty Love. She's the president of Love Ministries. And uh, Betty, if someone wants to get in touch with you or be in touch with your ministry, learn more about it, or maybe would like to invite you to the church, how could they get in touch with you or with Love Ministries? They can get in touch with us at Love Ministries at gmail.com. Okay. And then our our um, website is Love Ministries Live, L-I-V-E, dot com. All right. Okay, then. All right. If you'll pick up where you left off, you were sh- sharing further about some of the ministry work that your daughter's doing today. Uh, that's right. Uh, again, we prayed for Anna. Uh, and for a 10-year period, there were no children, and um, and then the Lord blessed us with her. And uh, just in say enough, the power of the influence that mothers have on their children, mm-hmm. and. Again, I don't think it's a religiosity uh, and rigidness, but how we live our lives in front of our children, mm-hmm. uh, especially our relationship with the Lord. And that is really what impacted and influenced Anna from her birth. And as I said, I would bring her into my time with the Lord. And as a result, she developed her own time. and. Mm-hmm. Um, that still carries on today. The Lord gets the first fruits of her time. The Lord has launched her into ministry. She is a part of uh, our ministry family and our church, one of our key leaders. She preaches, teaches, leads worship. And um, it's just been an amazing um journey to mm-hmm. see the impact of prayer and the word and and the beginning of how we started out as mother and daughter and and now to see what the Lord has done as a result of that and you know earlier I think we you know she again is an uh, an example of a godly mother um I would say to the mothers that are listening, um, the Lord destined that you be this child's mother. There is something that is within you that God ordained for you to influence their lives. And when you look at Susanna Wesley, and of course, uh, the two Wesley 
uh, children, Don and Charles, and what amazing revivalists and and reformers and the impact they had on the world. Charles Wesley said, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. Mm -hmm. Well, that faith that was imparted to them, you know, of their, their father was a minister, but definitely came through their mother mm -hmm. uh, powerfully to impact them. In fact, I think uh, one, one uh, publishing I read about Susanna Wesley is that she was known as uh, the mother of the Methodist movement or mm -hmm. Methodism. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it makes me think, Pastor Joseph, of the passage in Scripture in 2 Timothy 1.5 that says, I remember uh, your genuine faith, uh, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know mm -hmm. that same faith continues strong in you. And, you know, that's what Paul said to Timothy, and so mm. faith, the faith that lives in our, in our mother, the faith that lives in the grandmother, uh, and the faith that is passed on to the children, obviously Lois and Timothy's grandmother had a great faith, mm. and that Paul saw that faith, and he saw it alive in Timothy, and, um, you know, some things are taught and some things are caught. Mm -hmm. But I believe when mothers develop a prayer life and that prayer life begins to fill the home and they are women that are full of the word, it is going to have a cause and effect on their children and mm -hmm. on, on the very pace of their home. You know, that's so powerful, Betty, and so important for us to understand that, you know, God clearly gives the Great Commission to every believer in all of the world, and obviously that's true for the church all over the world. But it begins with we begin by discipling ourselves and our own children, and it's tragic sometimes how that sometimes uh, in the busy world we live in, too often, even in Christian homes, often our lives are full of things, and, you know, sports has a place, and doing extracurricular activities, they have a place. But the fact is, the life of our discipling our children can't be overemphasized because whatever else they do, if they know Jesus, their biggest problem in life is solved. And so that's so critical that we that's understand right. that responsibility. And, you know, Betty, I want to ask if you just share your thoughts on this, but something that we pretty regularly try to challenge, encourage parents to do, a, a, a spiritual discipline for the family is for a parent— a mother and or a father to have each of their children to read the Word of God out loud to them every single day. And the reason we encourage that is because sometimes a parent may say, well, Johnny or Debbie, go to your room and read your Bible. Well, maybe Johnny will do it and maybe Johnny will go play video games. But when they read out loud to the dad and mom, they know that they did it. But also it's a wonderful interaction between the child and the parent of an act of discipleship. And so, but any thoughts that come to your mind about the importance of the Word in our children's lives as well? Well, I believe this, Pastor Joseph, there is no substitute for the Word of God. And one of the greatest gifts that we can give our children is knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ mm -hmm. above anything and everything. It matters not 
whether they're a wonderful athlete or academic, if they don't know Jesus and they don't have a personal relationship with him, then it is it doesn't matter what gifts or talents or abilities they have. Mm-hmm. I would say first things first. And I know even adults sometimes struggle with this, but I'll never forget the object lesson as in, in a bab, in our Baptist church years ago, first Baptist Pittsburgh is where I grew up. And I remember the pastor doing the object lesson with the jar, the, the rocks, the sand, and the water and little pebbles. If you did not put the big rocks in first and you did not put things in the right order, you would not be able to put the rocks in, the sand in, the water without an overflow. And there was an order. And I believe the the success, if you will, and and didn't really realize what was happening until I see the fruit of it and have over the years. But Training your children to read the Word, bringing them into that relationship with the Lord, teaching them to do that first, that first, you know, He is above all, first Mm -hmm. things first. And so we had a habit in our home of daily reading the Word of God. Mm -hmm. We had a habit of prayer confession, which were the Word of God, and so what happened, it wasn't so much as Bible drill as by the, the, the children and even us reading the word out loud, confessing the word, mm-hmm. praying on the armor out loud, scriptures that go with each piece of the armor. Um, the Lord writes that word on the tablet of our hearts and our children's hearts and minds. Mm-hmm. And so the word begins to become a part of them. And then as they are going throughout their day, they their life becomes a habitation. They Their hearts and their minds are renewed. It empowers them and enables them to recognize the truth from Allah. Their hearts and minds are renewed to the truth of God's word and to God himself. And so what happens is, God himself, the Lord, and the Word of God begin to influence your children rather than the culture around them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, right now, unfortunately, we live in a culture and a time that really is wanting to take the lives of our children, take their identity, and destroy the very fabric of the family and the home. And again, whether you're a single parent, whether you are a grandmother or a mother or a stepmother or a spiritual mother, there are children that are in your home or you have the ability to influence. And I would say, give them Jesus. Have them read that word with you. Have them read it out loud. Teach them to do it first thing in the morning. And, and I would challenge, I know people are busy, and I've worked in the marketplace, mm-hmm. but I have still held to the first fruit principle. And when I say first fruit, what is the first thing you do every day? The first thing I do is sit with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get my coffee and my water, but I will sit with the Lord. I'll pray. Mm-hmm. I'll have my time in the Word. 
and I will confess the Word of God out loud, reading it out loud. Mm. And as a result, Anna does the same thing. And my children would know every morning, they know where they're going to find me. There is no doubt about it that I'm going to be sitting with the Lord. Well, Betty, again, you've shared a lot in our short time together. Again, our time is just about gone, but thank you again for sharing. And let me say before we end our broadcast, as we normally do, if you're listening today and you've heard some of the things, the insights that our guest Betty has shared or things we've talked about as it relates to home, but if you know that you're not saved or you're not sure that you've ever committed your life to Christ, I want to invite you to pray this prayer with him now to Commit and place your heart and your life in the Lord's hands. Would you simply pray this prayer if you want to make that step today? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived and you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. You told us in your word, whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my whole life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much would like to be in touch with you. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some resources and materials that will help you to begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord. We hope to hear from you. Betty, again, thank you so much for being with us today. Would you share one more time website information if someone wants to get in touch with you? Yes, thank you so much. Um, that's loveministry at gmail.com or loveministrylive.com. All right. Well, Betty, again, thank you for your time. And again, thanks for just letting the Lord use you so mightily as he does. And we look forward to having you again sometime in the near future. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our listening family. Please pray much for Betty and Love Ministries as well. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.